All right, so we're in this series called Do I Trust God? And we are talking about issues and circumstances that you and I need to trust God in. And uh, I'm excited this morning to talk about something that is pretty important, something that you and I deal with on a regular basis, and that we are constantly um, battling in our lives, and that is time. So this morning, I want to talk with us about trusting God's timing, because God's timing is very important. And I think it's interesting that we have a relationship with time. As humans, we have a relationship with time, but it's also interesting that every culture has their own view of time, and they have their own relationship with time. But in the West, we have a very precise relationship with time, don't we? Some other cultures don't care about a watch at all. They don't care at all. But we have a very precise relationship with time. Our lives are built around time. Think about it with me for a moment. Tomorrow morning, you will do what? You will set your alarm clock so that you are on time. On time for school, on time for work, on time for an appointment, on time for a sports practice, on time for a movie, and especially on time for church, right? I noticed that when it was 8.30, all of you were here. I was so proud of you. Not. It's interesting that our days, though, right? Our days are scheduled around when we need to be on time for the next thing. That's part of Western culture. That's just how we do life. And so we desire as well, because we're uh, filling our time, we also desire that our time would be filled with things that are beneficial or productive or fun or basically just what I want to do. In fact, we have this quote about this, don't we? Don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. But then at the same time, there are moments where we want time to go fast and there are moments we want time to go slow. So when you're in line at your car at the coffee stand, you want time to go fast. When you're in line at Zips for your milkshake, you want time to go fast. But when I'm hanging out with my grandson and he's learning to walk, I want time to go slow. When I'm hanging out with a friend in my boat and we're fishing on the lake, I want time to go really slow. In fact, sometimes I pray, Lord, help, help the sun to go down slower. I want to fish longer. We also want to conquer time. So we think we should have a time machine. We have movies about it. We have songs about it. We have poems about it. We have this fascination with conquering time, and so we want a time machine so that we can go back and fix our mistakes or we can go forward and figure out whatever we want to figure out to make some new great invention. We want to conquer time so that we can do what we want to do with time, Amen. which sounds selfish. And then we throw God in the mix. And because we are precise with our time, we say what? God, you must be precise with our time. 
And God doesn't work that way. <laughs> now, the Bible tells us a lot about time. And I want us to look at some verses and, and just kind of look at some things that God's word says about time. Because I think it's important for us to, to look at what God's word declares about time, how it works with you and me, and how God's interacting with our time, and all of those things. And so I'd like us to start at a very, very interesting verse, section of verses about time in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote this about time. Now some of you that are older in the room think that the Beatles said this, but it's not true. Solomon in the Bible said this. And listen to what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. Now, I'm going to repeat that because this is really important for us to sink in. There's a time for everything, and there is a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet, no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Now, there are some very interesting things about time here. The first is that this. God says there is a time for everything. And Solomon works through all of these different things that happen in our life at one time or another, but they all don't happen at the exact same time. There's a season for these different things in our life. We're born once. We die once. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. Aren't you glad you don't weep all day long your entire life? And aren't you glad you don't laugh all day long? Aren't you glad that you don't have a coworker that dances all day long at work? How annoying would that be? Your coworker that dances everywhere all day long at work. If you're that employee, I'm sorry. <laughs> Work on that, please, for the sake of all of us and your coworkers. There's a time to talk. Some of us have that down. And there's a time to be silent. And some of us need to work on that too. Huh? But here's what's interesting. In Western culture, we don't do life like this. You know how we do life? 
We want everything all the time. That's how we do life. We want everything all the time right now. Let me give you an example. If you go shopping at the store today, it's winter, and we want apples and oranges and pears and grapes in the store, right? But it's not the season for apples and oranges and grapes and pears. But we want them because we must have everything all the time. And so we put our fruit in freezers and we inject them with things that are probably not good for us so that we can have them right now. Because we want everything all the time. So I wondered, as I contemplated this and thought through this all this week, I began to think about my life because I'm this way. I began to think about, Lord, is having everything not the way that you desired for me to live? Has, has wanting everything at my fingertips and all the time messed up this really unique balance that you want my life to have? To be healthy and whole and understand that you're more important than myself? Nah, <laughs> let's just be selfish. Okay, next, everything in creation has timing. Have you noticed that? The animals have timing. Perfect timing, in fact. They reproduce at a specific time in each year. They migrate and they know when to migrate, when to fly south, when to fly north, when to swim south, when to swim north. All the plants have timing. They know the best time to pollinate during the year. They know when to go dormant. They know when to produce fruit at the right time. The earth has seasons that are, that are perfect for the planet. And the seasons are linked to the earth's access Axis and the orbit around the sun and those seasons allow life on the planet to function properly with precise timing. And not just is the timing precise for us, it's precise in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere on the same planet. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty unique. And God did all that. See, man's idea of time and our structure of time interestingly, is based off of the created order that God has made. The actual created order that God has made, when you think about every single one of us on the planet living in a 24-hour day, that's how God created the planet. It rotates, one rotation in 24 hours. And so we've created all of our time based on the created order of God and our year is based on that as well because we orbit around the sun in 365 and a half days, right? Another thing we learn about time. God doesn't have an Apple watch. This is true. I don't know if you know if you knew this. But when the Apple Watch came out, God did not say, ooh, wow, now that I want. That's pretty cool. Does it link to my phone? God doesn't have an Apple Watch. Because God's timing is totally different than ours. In Psalm 90, verse 4, 
The psalmist said this, a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. In 2 Peter 3.8, Peter repeated it. And he said to the New Testament church, do not forget this one thing. Can you say that to your neighbor? Do not forget. Go ahead. Do not forget this one thing. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So if we're just like guesstimating here, and we say, uh, according to biblical chronology, that the earth is somewhere between 10 and 15,000 years old, then it's been about two weeks for God. So we look at all of our history and all of our time and all of our patience and all of our impatience, and God says, well, it's only been about two weeks. What are you talking about? (laughs) Now, here's our challenge. Here's our challenge with God and time. We try to fit God into our time. How do you fit an infinite God into a watch? (laughs) How do you fit an omnipresent God into a watch? An all-knowing God into a watch? How do you fit a finite world into what God is doing? See, God is infinite. He's outside time, we would actually say. He's eternal. You can't fit him into our ideas of time. But isn't that what we always do? That's what we do. We try to fit him into our time, into our circumstance, into our life, into what we're doing. And we, so we try to force fit God into our time. But re- in reality, right? In reality, the world and the universe and our lives are actually working on God's time. Because what what did the author, what did Solomon say about time? Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. We don't know what God's doing. We don't know the good things that God is doing right now. But we try to fit God into our timing because it just seems to work better for us. Because what we want is we want to say, God, you need, to, you need to answer my prayer right now. You need to fix the world right now. You need to solve our problems right now. But it's in our timing, and he just doesn't work that way. He doesn't operate in our timing. There's a little idea called the dash. Maybe you've heard this before, but the dash is that little thing that goes on your gravestone. At some time, you're going to die, I'm going to die, and on our gravestone will be the dash. My birth year, my death year, and in between is the dash. And the dash is my life. It's everything that happened in my life, in that period of time, whatever that might be, maybe it's 70 years, maybe it's 80, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. The Bible says that God knows my days. 
and he started them, and he'll end them. But the earth has a dash as well. I don't know if you knew that, but the earth has a dash. That's what Solomon meant by, we can't fathom the beginning from the end. See, the beginning is Genesis, and the end is Revelation. And it's interesting, in Genesis 1, God says in the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth. And at the very last chapter, Revelation 21, God says, the heavens and the earth will pass away and I will create a new heaven and a new earth. See, we're really on God's timetable. We're really on what God's doing. And somehow and in some way, I want to encourage us this morning to begin to live in that concept. Because what happens is when you and I live our lives based on a watch, we end up without peace, scrambling from one place to the next, and kind of freaked out sometimes based on our timing when God just wants us to rest in him and his timing. Because his timing is perfect. Now, his timing is perfect because God sees the beginning to the end of everything. In Isaiah 41, verse 4, Isaiah said, Who has done this and carried it through? Calling forth the generations from the beginning. In other words, Isaiah asks, Who is this that's started people and all of the generations that have come and will come? And the answer is, I, the Lord. The Lord's done that. With the first of them and with the last, I am he. And so God says in this section of Isaiah 41, I'm the one that's started every generation. I'm the one that continues every generation. And I'm the one that will end the last generation. So just rest in me. In the generation that you live, rest in me. In Isaiah 46.10, it says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times. What is still to come, I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. So we're living inside God's structure of time. Our problem is we think we invented time. <laughs> we think time began in Switzerland, and it didn't. It began when God said it began. That's when time began. Because God sees the beginning to the end, he can also make perfect decisions for your life and mine and for the world. Because he sees everything. And he sees how every decision will change the next decision and the next and the next. And so because that's who God is, because he sees the beginning to the end and everything in that, he can make perfect decisions, which means we can trust him. We can trust God and we can trust his timing because he sees everything. And we can trust God's timing because he's kind, because he's forgiving, because he's slow to anger, and because he's abounding in love. And we can trust God because he even sees the bad things that happen. And he said, I can make all things turn to good for those who love me and are called according to his purpose. Now that requires that I must love him in this time right now and not get ahead of him or behind him, just 
love him. And he'll make it work out. Now, there's a couple other really interesting things about time that I find fascinating as well. Here's another one. We're not meant to know God's timing. This is an interesting one. And might even ruffle feathers. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, Jesus said to the disciples who wanted Jesus to now that he had risen from the dead to go conquer Jerusalem and take over the world because nobody can kill you. And Jesus said this, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. And then verse 8, but you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now here's the challenge. In Western Christianity, because we have such a fascination with precise time, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out prophetic things and exactly when God's going to come back. And we spend time and money and resources and mental power and all of that to figure out when God's coming back. And what did Jesus say? Don't do that. Now, that's hard for me because I love prophecy. And I love to figure it out. And I love to read those things in Luke 24. And I love to see those things that Jesus said. And I like to read Revelation. And I like to like go, ooh, it might be today. Or it might be tomorrow. Or this whole Russian-Ukrainian thing. This has got to be the army from the north that's going to come and attack Israel. So we're right in it. He's coming back next week. Right? And then I wave to my neighbor and go in my house and read some more prophecy books. And Jesus says, oh, Mark, I wanted you to talk to your neighbor about me. But you're in your house reading your book about prophecy because you want to know the precise time. And Jesus says to his disciples, what? It's not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority. You, go be a witness. Go be like Jesus to your neighbors and coworkers. I'll work out the prophecy thing, and you can dream about it once in a while, but don't make it your focus or else you'll get off track about what's really important. That person you know that doesn't know me. Here's another couple things that I just love. Did you know that God is able to bless you at any time? Yeah. God's able to bless you at any time. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's good news. That God can bless you at any time. You know what else? You can have peace all the time. All of your days, all of the time. No matter what you're going through, you can have peace. That's what 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace once in a while occasionally in tough times during your life because the Lord visits you randomly. 
It's not what it says, is it? May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. In every way, the Lord be with you all. Now, here's what's interesting. That Greek word for all, it's very complicated. It means all the time. This every day, 24-7, 365 and a half, 366 and a half on a leap year. That's what it means. All the time. And here's what else is interesting. In every way. Now, that's kind of cool because that means the peace that I need might be different than the peace that you need. In every way, in every circumstance of your life, in everything that's coming, everything that's happened, in everything that we worry about and wonder about and think about, in every single circumstance, in every way that we need peace, it's there for us all day long. Hebrews 4 says that mercy and grace are available in our time of need. He said, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, this is good news. Whenever we need it, whatever time of the day, whatever time in your life that you need some grace, then you need some mercy, go get you some. Go get you some. The throne is open. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you would not come into the throne of grace. He died on the cross. He ripped the veil in the temple from the top to the bottom so that the grace and the mercy is available to you whenever you need it. Amen. In closing, let me share the greatest reason we can trust in God's timing. It's in Romans 5. In Romans 5, verse 6, the Apostle Paul said this. You see, at just the right time. Could we say that together? Let's, let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. At just the right time. When you, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. God did all that at just the right At the exact time in history, God did that for you, and he did that for me. See, God's perfect timing brought us Jesus. Have you noticed that we started our calendar over when Jesus got born? The one who created time split it. Now, at one time, 
when the world had a knowledge of God and wanted a knowledge of God, we called that A.D. and B.C. Have you noticed that we've recently changed those? Because we don't want God in. We don't want God talked about. We don't want to believe that Jesus split time. We don't want the knowledge of God in culture. But the truth is, Jesus is God's perfect timing. And God's perfect timing brought us Jesus. It brought us a demonstration of God's love. It brought us forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. It brought us salvation through the resurrection of Jesus. And it brought us reconciliation that presents you and I to God the Father in a holy way without blemish and free from accusation. God's perfect timing did that for you and me. Now here's what I understand when I look at the cross and when I look at God's perfect timing. I have to say that Jesus left heaven and came to earth at just the right time, in God's perfect time, to save me? Now if God figured that out, and God knew that, and God saw me 2,000 years later when he was hanging on a cross dying for me, and if God did all that for me and Jesus was that precise and that loving at that time, then I have to conclude that if Jesus would do that for me, I can certainly trust him with my time right now in 2022. And that's what I'm gonna choose to do. And I hope you will too. Will you stand with me? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning so much that you, your timing is perfect. You know everything about our lives and we can trust you. We can trust you with what's happened in our past. We can trust you with what's happening right now. And we can trust that our future is in your perfect timing. But Lord, this, this is challenging. We recognize it. We acknowledge it. That there are moments in our life where we're impatient. And where we just, just want something done right now. And in that moment, it challenges our trust in you. It challenges our relationship with you. I pray that you would help us, Lord, when we get into those moments of weakness to remember your word, to look up these verses and remind ourselves afresh that this is who you are and that you, Lord, will bless us, give us the peace and the grace and the mercy that we need right in that moment that everything we need is provided to us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that means that at any moment, we can run right into your presence and you're there for us. Would you help us, Lord, to be patient people? Lord, would you also help us to be people? Every single one of us probably needs to think about our personal life. 
How am I being selfish with my time? And how am I letting God be the leader of my time? And so, Lord, we just confess that to you right now. Would you, would you help us submit our time to you? And to say, Jesus, you're Lord of my time. We trust you with it. We give you it. And would you help us to live in your time, not in ours? So we give you thanks and we give you praise. Help us, Lord, as we trust in you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good to see you, everyone. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week.